Hello, everyone, and welcome to the call. This is Barbara Legrand Cockrell. I'm Ron Legrand's sister and one of the mentors. And tonight, this is the second Monday of the month Q&A call. And so Gold Club members can submit deals prior to the call that we'll review right here. If you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen but can't participate. You can get more information and sign up for the Gold Club at ronsgoldclub.com. That's R-O-N-S goldclub.com. So if you are a Gold Club member and you'd like to ask a question or discuss a deal that you submitted, press star six to be entered into the queue. If you're a Gold Club member and you did not dial into the interactive line that is listed on your Gold Club membership website homepage after you log in, then you should hang up now and dial back in using that phone number and access code if you want to ask any questions. If you're ready, um, so now um, I'm going to take the first caller. Hey, how you doing? Um, this is my first time on one of these calls. I'm new to Ron's Gold Club um, group, so I don't know if you're hearing me right now or if I'm answer, asking the question and then you're responding. I am uh, hearing you. What's your name? Okay, perfect. My name is Tony Pascal. I just recently went to the uh, Quick Start Real Estate down in North Carolina and okay. just signed up for the Gold Club and all that. So I have a question because I, when I went down to that, I had a um, a deal in process, and since then have been able to um, better the deal and change the the circumstances a little bit. So uh, backing up a little bit, I had a a I acquired a pre foreclosure that I was um, going to rehab and sell. Um, since I went to Ron's course over the weekend I have now talked to the owner and I also put up an ad and have gotten plenty of feedback for a work for equity subject to from the owner work for equity um, and have multiple prospects right now um, so I'm trying to get all the paperwork sorted and that's kind of where my question is I went on the uh, gold site and I went under the sweat equity or the work for equity um, training and I think I have everything I need I just want to make sure I do have everything I need and I'm not missing anything okay so let me start from the beginning you said you had a pre foreclosure that you wanted to rehab and sell now have you already gotten the agreement from your seller are you buying it from your seller now have you already gotten that agreement so what I did first off um, before I knew how Ron's strategy worked, what I did is I um, talked to the seller. It was a vacant property. She had she lives across country now. Um, it's a nice property. It's in really really good condition. Just kind of needs some cosmetic updates, but everything else is pretty good. Um, so I talked to her, set up a equity share agreement with a um, line of credit deed of trust and power of attorney uh, and that was initially 
And so the idea was uh, I reinstated her loan. Um, we had it set up so I was making the, the monthly payments. She was paying utilities. Uh, I was going to get the place fixed up, sell it. There's, there's a lot of equity in the property. Um, so sell it and then basically disperse the equity as we agreed upon in our agreement. Um, now, after going through Ron's course, I've talked to the owner again. And from the beginning, she just wanted out of this place. She was super relieved that I was going to help her from going into foreclosure, didn't really want anything else out of the, the deal, didn't, was just ready to be done with it. So I talked to her, um, asked her if she would be willing to for me to take over all payments um, and have the loan temporarily stay in her name. She was completely 100% fine with that. She's fine with the subject too. So I've got that paperwork um, my attorney's looking at that paperwork over now. I have a mobile notary lined up to get it signed on Friday. Um, in the meantime, I've got uh, an ad that I put out uh, the day, actually the last day of the the course, Ron's course, and have plenty of prospects. Um, you know, it's it's kind of working out textbook how Ron was explaining it in in his course over the weekend. So I just want to make sure okay. that I'm not missing anything with this lease option part. Okay. Well, perfect, Tony. So you've got the purchase and sale agreement that you created, buying subject to, which your attorney you said is reviewing. That's Correct. good. You want that. You'll also want an authorization to release information so that yep. you will be able to talk to the bank. You've got that. Okay, perfect. Okay, so you're in, you're in line to buy, and so you to get the tenant buyer. That's when you'll use the work for equity plan. Uh, right. That is agreement that you will find on the Gold Club. It's a work for equity lease where you'll be doing a lease option between you and your buyer. And the work for for equity spells out a few other things because they will be doing the lease. So your question originally was you want to make sure you had the right paperwork and where to find it, and that is on the Gold Club. That is correct. Okay. Um, and so I guess my a follow-on question to that is um, the right now the, the best prospect, I have a couple of prospects in line, but there's one that's kind of standing out above the rest as far as um, overall, you know, best credit, best best history, most money to put down, you know, all the all the uh, boxes are kind of being checked. Um, so with that, and he he's you know wants to buy, he's wanted to buy for a little while now, just had some credit trouble. Um, but with that, I know I think it was uh, the Wolf couple um, was saying how they set up uh, basically multiple years for the option, so they'll do like a lease option at least with an option for 12 months, and then I have another one for 24 months, another one for 36 months. Is that how, basically, how would I be able to extend that if that were the case? If he can't, if he's not ready to buy after a year and he needs two years or three years, how would I set that up? Well, you'll want to have him screened in the initial, before you put him in the house, you always want to set someone up for success and not failure, so you want a good idea how long it's going to take them to be able to get a loan. So in other words, if you know that it's going to take them two years to get a loan, then you want to put them in there for at least two years. 
Now, okay. because of the fact that you're buying subject to, then you really don't have a deadline with your seller. So right. if you find that the tenant is not prepared, in this example, to be able to purchase after two years, then you can extend that. But in your lease, you can put, you want to try to, for a short period of time, if you want them to cash you out, if you want them to be a long-term tenant, then it doesn't so much matter. But you could put a period of time of one year or two years with a renewal period of one year or two years. And that way you're in control of the situation to help them. If you do want them to ca cash out, then you can help them by helping them get through the loan process during the meantime. But you're in control of this situation in the lease if you don't have a timeline with your buyer, with your seller. Yeah, then that's, that that's exactly sense? how it's, it does. And that's exactly how it's working okay. out. Um, so okay. it's kind of a fortunate situation, I think. Okay. And, and you do want to use a service like ScreenTheTenant.com to screen yeah. them for that period of time. And, of course, you're looking for the one with the most down payment, providing they have a good history of paying. And all of those factors that you mentioned are relevant. So the one with the, the largest down payment that meets the criteria of being a good tenant is what you're looking for. Okay. Um, and then as far as – so as far as the actual – you know, work part of this work for equity agreement. Um, I guess what is recommended if it's if it's something if it's like cosmetic paint or whatever is that something that you put in the agreement or is it just stuff that would make it um, not able to get a loan like a, a, a conventional lender loan on? Well, cosmetics are definitely fine. What you're looking for, Tony, is move in ready. In other words, you wouldn't expect a work for equity buyer to put a new roof on and you wouldn't expect them generally to put an air conditioner in because those are big ticket items. Work for equity is just that. It's generally someone that doesn't have a lot of cash but can work for equity. So if it's just cosmetics, paint, and simple things like that, then absolutely you can put them in on a work for equity plan. And that's another thing that you get to decide, too. If it is something as simple as paint, you decide if you were to paint it, would you get a lot more money out of it? Or is it better to put somebody in on a work for equity and let them take over those expenses and do it on their own and give them a little break off the price? That's how okay. you determine whether it's work for equity. And that, that was kind of my um, – sorry, I don't mean to keep up taking so much time. If you have more questions, I can cut them I have off. a lot more questions. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I can I ask one more real quick one? Sure. So that that was kind of my point with uh, that was what I was thinking, but then now then my second thought was well if they're they're leasing this place with the intention to buy it how much you know say do I have if I you know if I put in there that they have to paint this but they're, it's going to be their house anyway you know you, you understand what I'm trying to say. Yes, I do understand what you're trying to say. So if it doesn't get painted, then what? As long as they're yeah. still in the lease, they're still in the lease. If the time comes and it doesn't get painted, then you address it then. Do you want them to continue? Or are they st are they trying? Um, or do you want them to cash you out? Or you want to just have a good tenant? So these are the factors you look at, and then you assess that situation then. All right, thank you. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Okay. Did that did I cover all your questions? 
Yeah, sorry, I didn't want to take up so much time. I apologize for that. No, that's okay. If we're still in the queue and you think of more, you can jump back in. Thank you, Tony. I'm glad we're ever, I was able to help you. Thank you. Yep. I'm going to take the next caller now. Hi. Okay. Hi, Randall. Hi, Randall. Uh, yeah. How are you? I'm calling Doing good. Yes, I have a question. Um, I have a, a deal at ARB of 345. I'm buying it at a 260. They have a reverse mortgage, so the payments are just the taxes insurance. It comes out to 760. So what I'm buying it with is a lease purchase and um, understand that reverse mortgages are more particular, more likely to exercise their dual sale clause. So I was uh, uh, thinking of doing the uh, lease purchase now and then uh, have them sign the purchase and sale agreement as well. So that way all the uh, numbers we agreed to, we can just execute at a later time. Okay, tell me again what the ARB was, Randall. What was the ARB? You said that you have it under contract or you agreed to 260 purchase. What was the ARB? Yeah, 350. 350. Okay. Um, all right. Reverse mortgage. You have to be careful with a reverse mortgage because in most cases of reverse mortgages that I know, the seller is not allowed to rent. If they find out that he's renting, they could and most likely will call the loan due. Are you aware of that? Yes. Yeah, that's why uh, I don't want to sell it up front and do a mortgage wrap. And with the lease, uh, I'm hoping that within six months to a year, my tenant buyer will cash me out. So you are signing a lease purchase with this seller for a six-month lease? Uh, no, I'm putting it three years, but uh, I'm, I'm interviewing right now people that could qualify within a year to cash me out. Okay. Well, they are supposed to sign. I had a reverse mortgage, and I end up doing this particular one was a short sale. But I had a reverse mortgage, and they were hesitant to do that because they do get a notification every year. Are you still in the house? Do you still, uh, are you still a resident of the house? So that's why I want you to be armed with all of the information, and I suggest maybe you might talk to an attorney too before you get involved in it, just so you know what you're up against. But if you can get it sold quickly, then that may be a possibility for you especially since it's 260 and it has an ARB of 350. So if you're buying with a lease purchase for three years, um, this is something that you want to sell and sell quickly. So this being the beginning of the year, you may be able to get it sold, uh, but I just want you to be aware of the repercussions and what you're up against. Right. Yeah, my backup plan will be to sell since it has a large spread you know, putting on the MLS, even paying realtor commission, 
we'll, uh, I still come up ahead. Right. Okay. So then buying with a lease purchase is actually renting. So that would be renting. You would be, did you try to get just a purchase and sale agreement from them? Yeah, they're willing to sign uh, either one. And uh, my okay. strategy will, will probably be do the lease purchase, but at the same time, sign the purchase sale agreement so that way we, we execute, you know, uh, three months, six months, whatever down the road. Right, so that the deed does not transfer at this time. Right. Through owner financing, okay. So you're going to buy on lease purchase and you're going to try to sell quickly and get somebody qualified to get them cashed out within the six months. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was your question? This is also a 55-plus community. So there's 80 single-family houses that are part of this complex. And um, tradition in the past with the exit strategy being lease option, I've done the yellow signs and correct list, uh, Silo and Trulia, that creates a good amount of traffic. Uh, with this one, it, it seems like uh, I may have to do a little bit different. I'm sure there's different sites. Or should I be approaching more like the senior centers and things of that nature? Yes, and the other thing you want to be careful with, Randall, is to make sure that you can rent in this 55 community, that there is no HOA restrictions or homeowner restrictions that are not going to allow you to rent. So you just want to make sure that you've checked with your HOA before you get involved in a tenant and find out that is a problem. But yes, you want to put ads on Craigslist, signs, of course, and maybe even Facebook target marketing for a 55-plus community to find that particular buyer. Um, putting it on Zillow is great. And all of the sites that Ron mentions in the Quick Start Manual to advertise, that would be helpful. Zillow is great. It's going to get a lot of publicity if you do have it listed on Zillow. Yeah. So as far as the senior centers or doing like a direct mail, buying a list of 55-plus renters, you would recommend, you, you, you would say that... Uh, stay with the website and, and posting ads there? Well, I would post ads in those places, all of those places. I would try with the, the low-cost methods first, as I mentioned, Craigslist and, uh, and other ads in different places, especially Zillow. And if you did you do a video of it, a video is going to get noticed much better. So doing a video of that and posting that on Zillow, that's going to get you noticed much better. And all of those places, if you can approach senior centers, and that would be helpful too. And all of those marketing methods should help you. Then I have a, a second deal. It's a, a multifamily house, multifamily. The ARB there is 160. I'm 116 or 160? 160. 160. Okay. 
I'm buying it at 140 with seller financing. And two units are being rented, and the owner lives in one unit. She's got a long time frame. She wants to move out in July. So we'll execute the, the closing closer to July. And because we have so much time and the other two units need some work, I didn't know if I, you recommend actually doing the work before closing and therefore saving some of the time there. Do I recommend you doing the work? Yes. I never recommend you doing any work before closing, if that's what you said. Um, so you are buying on selling financing. That means that the deed will transfer to your name. So you would never do that before you closed on it. But after you closed on it, then you take a look at that. So, for example, the seller lives in one, and does she want to continue renting from you? Uh, no, she's moving down south, so that's why she wants to move in July. So I guess the, the other way that I could do it is close now or closer to that, and then uh, just have her uh, continue the payments. We'll start the payments when she provide the full building empty? Well, I don't recommend you putting any money into it until you actually do close. Anything could happen. But after you close it, and she, then she would be, she would have moved out then. Now, you can still close it, and mm -hmm. you said multifamily. You said two units were rented, and the owner lives in one. Is it three? Is it four? How many units? Three units? Three. Okay. So two of them are rented. The seller lives in one. And how much repair is going to be needed after she moves out? Yeah, about 20000 Okay. About 20000 yeah. Well, if $20,000 is needed then we have to take a look at this because, in essence, you're buying it at 140. Is it worth 160 now, or is it worth 160 after the 20,000 is, 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 and repairs is done? Because if you're buying it for 140 and it needs 20 in repair, then basically it's only worth 160. So are you getting a great deal on this? You know, the purchase price, I'm not. I'm paying retail. But I think the value is on one. The seller financing, there's only 20 years left on the mortgage. So there's value there on the pay down. And then two, the, the rents themselves uh, provide more than the mortgage. Uh, the mortgage is about 1600 uh, That's pity. And the rental can get me to 2200 The rental is how much? 2200 so there's a spread about $600 a month. Okay. Okay. And are you going to be putting your own money in it or getting private money to do the repairs? 
uh, I will try to do a work for equity, but it's not a, a okay. putting my own money. Okay. A work for equity to the person that you're going to be selling it to that's going to be renting it to the others or work for equity? So you see yeah. only one person can buy. The other two are going to be renters. So you're planning on selling it to someone else that, want, that you want to per Are you planning on selling it or keeping it just for rental? Uh, no, my strategy will be uh, a lease option. And since the area has a lot of uh, multifamilies, I'm hoping that I will get someone that wants to live in one unit and rent out the other two units. Okay. Okay. So you're going to raise the price and you're going to do a work for equity. Well, actually, you're going to do a work for equity is what you intended to do. Is that right? Right. Okay. So yes, in that situation, you could do a work for equity and let them do the repairs, but then you wouldn't be selling it until actually in July when the when she moves out, because then uh, she would still be occupying it till then. Right. Okay. So, what question did you have on that? Uh, in terms of uh, looking for. The buyer? Tenant buyer for a multifamily. Anything you would recommend, particularly in this case? Well, this gives you a lot more time. This is March, April, May, June, July. It gives you a lot of time. I don't know if you'll find that buyer ahead of, this far ahead of time because they probably aren't going to be ready. I mean, they'll, if you find somebody that wants to occupy it, they're going to want, probably going to want to sooner, but it doesn't hurt to start advertising now, absolutely. You could put it on all of those methods. You could put ads in Craigslist. You can put signs. You can put Facebook targeted marketing ads out and just start marketing now for a buyer and have one lined up so that when she exits in July, you will have one. Right. Because, oh, and you can put handyman special signs out near... Lowe's, Home Depot, around the grocery stores, all of these things to try to attract that. And do all these, do a lot of different marketing, especially Facebook, swip swaps, a lot of different places in Facebook that are different communities and neighborhoods, and a lot of signs. And by then, you should have multiple candidates lined up. You get a lot of good results with Facebook, putting a targeted list and, and paying yes. for the uh, for there. Yes, Facebook is great for Facebook targeted ads to find buyers, especially for uh, different units. This would be a very unique property because it is a multifamily unit, and I think that Facebook would work great to attract a buyer, and you've got plenty of time to do it. Just put it on your – do you have a Facebook fan page that you can just put it on your fan page for now and see what kind of promotion that you get without doing the targeting ads? Right. Yes, I do. I would try that first and try the normal methods that Ron teaches as far as the Craigslist ads and the signs and 
some other normal advertising that you can do at no cost and see what kind of response you get as well as the signs and, and see if you can get that tenant lined up and then if not then you can dig a little bit deeper and pay for some other ads. But you have plenty of time to do that. I appreciate it. You're Thank welcome. You. Luck on that, Randall. Okay, who's the next caller? Who's the next caller? Yes, hi. Uh, my name is, I uh, had you muted, sorry. My name is Stan, and I'm calling from New York. And I um, also uh, have a question um, related to the work for equity. Okay. So the question is, how can I ensure that my future home buyer will get a credit, will get a mortgage, uh, or will get a loan from the bank uh, for the house that I'm selling? Which person would be the key person uh, for this purpose? Well... Stan, the first of all, you want to screen them before you put your tenant in there. And I recommend using ScreenTheTenant.com. Paul Ritter is very good with that. He does a background screen. He can give you a pretty good idea how long you think it's going to take them to get a loan. So you know going in what you think that buyer is going to look like and about how long it's going to take. Now, how can you be guaranteed? You can't, but you want to be in follow-up with that process. You want to be checking with them on a regular basis. If you use ScreenTheTenant.com, the other advantage is that you have communication with them, and they will update you as far as the buyer status, and you want to be following up with them and encouraging them to do what they need to do to get the loan and that's what you do on a regular basis. You don't just wait till the end of the period of time and hope for the best. You kind of lead them and guide them along the way. Thank you so much. Uh, that's understandable, and that's exactly what it says in the book. But uh, only commitment, or not the commitment, only word from Paul Ritter may not be enough. I was under the impression that you better, I better find some mortgage broker, but I was told that nobody's going to work with me in these circumstances, basically. Well, I mean, you can't get a like, pre-approval letter or whatever, something, mortgage commitment letter from any lender uh, given the situation, for, for this situation. Well, Stan, the buyer is not going to get a pre-approval letter at this point if you're working with the traditional buyers that you put into a lease option house because they're not ready at this time. By using Paul Ritter to do the process in the beginning of screening the tenant, then you have a pretty good idea what he needs to do to fix his credit. And Paul Ritter's office screen the tenant can give you an idea what is going to be needed and about how long it's going to take them. So as I mentioned on the earlier call, you don't want to set somebody up for failure. If you know that's going to take them two years, it's going to take them two years. You don't want to put them in a one-year lease. And so therefore, you, he, his office gives you a pretty good idea. Now, 
I believe he qualifies the tenant for the loan and helps you get the loan. Now, it doesn't hurt to have a local loan officer that is on your team as well that you mm-hmm. can help with you know that he's close to the term. If you, if you know what he needs to do, then you have him contact that loan officer as well, and then you know how cooperative he is going to be if he's doing what the loan officer says by doing – uh, sending, uh, paying off a debt or doing whatever's needed, then you know he's going to cooperate and you know along the way whether he's going to be able to cash you out at the end or not. So mm-hmm. you should have a pretty good idea and a pretty good feel for it when you put them in the house, what is going to be needed okay. and how cooperative they'll be. But you do have to hold their hand and help them through that process and not just wait till the end. Right, understood. So it's in my best interest to encourage future buyer uh, to have talk with someone at his own bank, whatever, bank of his choice, and telling him pretty much, yes, this needs to be fixed, this needs to be bring up to the certain level, and giving me all that information. And that's supposed to be in sync with what I hear from Paul Ritter, pretty much. I'm, I'm talking about ideal scenario, right? Ideal scenario would be that he does go through Paul Ritter because Paul Ritter is willing to talk to you as the investor and communicate with you through the process or a local loan officer that is on your team that will communicate with you to let you know, is he doing what he needs to do? Is he getting his credit fixed? Is he paying off that debt? Is he trying to make it work or not? And so therefore, you have to look at the end strategy as well if you have a house and you have a contract from a seller and you need to get that seller paid off in two years then you don't want to put a buyer in there for two years if you can help it you want to put them in there for one year so you know that they're going to meet that requirement and make it happen so if they don't then you have somebody else right behind them that hopefully can make it happen so you always want to look at your exit strategy versus what your your seller terms that your seller is willing to give you. Does that make sense, Stan? Mm-hmm. Yes, understood. Thank you so much. You answered my question completely. Thank you. Okay, great. Glad I could help. I'm going to take the next Thank caller you. now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next caller. Okay, who's next? Who's, is someone up next? Okay, having trouble here trying to get to the next caller. Someone up next? All 
I'm having trouble getting to the next caller. Okay. Is anyone on next? <laughs> okay. Okay, is anyone up next? I apologize. I am having trouble in my queue getting it to clear. I don't know what happened. Oh, Ben, are you, are you up? Okay, who's up next? Hello. So, uh, <laughs> I apologize. I don't know what's going on. I don't know either. I can't get it to go next. So I apologize. <laughs> so, who, who's on the call now? This is Ben. I'm still on here. Hey, Ben. How are you? Oh, good. Good. Yeah, I, I, was call, I was asking a. Huh. I got it. I said technology's great, but it's not perfect. You gotta oh, love man. it. I apologize. So well, I'm so I didn't know how to get myself a cue. This is my first time. Uh, I haven't been okay. to a quick start or anything. I've been listening to uh, videos and, and um, cakes and stuff, and I just ordered the I think the cash flow system. I'm just waiting for that to come. So I really don't have any any scripts to be able to use to just cold call people. So I was actually trying to get a VA, and then that kind of didn't work because they said, well, you got to be trained first. And I was like, well, I've been doing this for weeks. But anyway, it's an auction in my area that's coming up, and I was wondering, is it a good idea to try to purchase any properties from the owners before their property goes to auction and it's going to be in like a week? If it's going to be in a week and it's going to auction in a week, you probably don't have enough time to do anything. What state are you in? California. California. I think they foreclose pretty quickly. And so I don't know that you have much time to do anything, Ben. Um, okay. You and it's tax check the deeds. Okay. But it's going to auction in a week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if it's a tax deed, then you should be able to buy the tax deed before it goes to auction. That's what I was but thinking. If, if I could get a contract with them and pay the back taxes, then it's my house. Like, because that's what's going to happen to them on, on Friday anyway. I would want you to check the foreclosure laws, check with an attorney in your state just to make sure that you're covered in your particular state and you know all the nuances there. 
because that could vary by state as far as the foreclosure laws, et cetera. And if it's a tax deed, then uh, again, check with the title company or attorney just to make sure in your state. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, I think that's it because I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty new, I guess. So I don't really have anything else, but I've been looking at a lot of different properties. So. I also want you to make sure that you know what you're buying because a lot of times on an auction, for example, they may just be having an HOA that may be an HOA lien or it could be uh, the first mortgage. There could be other liens. You just got to know what you're getting into. Since you're so new, you want to make sure that you know what you're actually bidding on and not just it might not be the whole mortgage, there may be a second, there may be an HOA, or you may be just buying the HOA lien. So just make sure that you know what you're getting into being so new and what you're, uh, what exactly you're buying. Okay? Yeah, that tax, I got the list from the city of, of uh, or the county of Alameda. The county is, is, uh, is selling their property. I mean, it's a it's a bunch of them, but it's the county. It's not you know, it's not a, a bank or something like that. It's the actual county of Alameda auctioning off Okay, just make sure that what you're buying is is the property, and you're not just you're not just bidding against one mortgage or one lien. Yes. Yeah. Be careful. Okay. All right. I'll show you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Who's up next? Okay, who's up next in the queue? Is someone else on? I'll take the next call now. Okay, Deborah, are you on? Deborah? This is Dean. Can you hear me? Okay. Hi, Dean. Hey, how you doing? Great, uh, except hey, for I, the technology here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And I have a, um, a lead through the uh, VA services. The um, the asking price is two hundred and sixty-five thousand. Um, they have the appraised value at sixty-five thousand. I went to real estate ABC. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said asking two sixty-five and the appraised value was sixty-five. Did you mean the appraised value was two sixty-five? I do. Okay. And then I went to realestateabc.com. Uh, I 
for some reason it, it wasn't it didn't pull up the address for me um and I wasn't able to get a you know um even a you know a Zillow estimate um so I didn't get a comp for that I did get a um the rental meter you know um I got something from there the property itself is free and clear and under the B section of the lead property information sheet, um, they agree to um, lease their home with the option to buy or purchase it as soon as um, you're ready to close, um, which, you know, we usually, you know, uh, Says which they usually pay the uh, closing cost, and um, so they asked, you know, if I would give them a call back, you know, from there. Okay. So, okay, um, this would be my first time on the call, and you know, I have called and spoke to customers, you know, or potential buyer, you know, sellers before, but. You know, I wanted to see the best way that I should go about handling it. Well, so the best way you should go about handling it is give them a call. Use your script. Right. Have you okay. been to? Have you been to Quick Start? I have been to Quick Start. Okay, great. Then you have all of Ron's scripts. So you just mm -hmm. pick up the call, use the script, give them a call, and as far as the comps. You really don't need to check comps before you give them a call. You can make a quick, quick glance. It's good that you tried to go to realestateabc.com and you didn't find it, so you know that there are other sources. But how do you know that it's praised for 265? Is that just what the comment is on the lead sheet? Right. Okay. So, Dean, we're going to take the seller's word for it until we have reason to believe otherwise. So when you give them a call, you're going to say, hi, and then you're going to go through the script, and you're going to ask them what do they think it appraised for. And if they say 265, you're going to say, okay, great. Well, how'd you get that? Did you get that from a realtor analysis? Do you have an appraisal? Is that what houses have sold for in the neighborhood? Then you'll get a pretty good idea that they know what they're talking about, and then you'll go from there. And so now you want to take it to the next level and give them a call and use the script and see if they will be interested in those terms for the they agreed to a lease. So. Answer all the questions from the script and get them committed. And there are other sources that you can find comps. If you don't have the dream system, then there is totalviewrealestate.com. That's T-O-T-A-L-V-I-E-W, realestate.com. There's other free sources like Redfin, R-E-D-F-I-N. But the first thing you want to do is get them on the phone and uh, get them committed to this terms agreement and then you can verify the comps if you have reason to believe that they're they're different, but that's what you need to do. So one of the questions that I had is, let's say that you know the comps are lower than what they give. You know, I'm pretty sure if they were higher, if the comps are actually higher, then that would be great. Um, or or they're right at 265. Um, you know, when we're making our offer from that point, you know, how do we, you know, you know, where should we kind of approach it? So, 
you know, if they're closer to, you know, let's say, you know, this is correct. It is 265. You know, how should we kind of angle, you know, if at all, um, our position? Well, if they're asking what it's appraised for, then you're always going to ask them according to the script. Right. When you ask them the price, is that the best you can do? That's correct. So let me get this right. straight. You're asking 265 and it's appraised for 265 Is that the best you can do? Right. Now, the other thing, Dean, you got to keep in mind is you look at the whole picture. Uh, you said you looked at Rent-A-Meter to look at their payment so the, to go see what the going rent would be. So you've mm -hmm. assessed. Since it's free and clear, then you ask them, and you, you know, part of the script is asking them what's the lease you'll take monthly. So maybe right. you'll have a big spread in the monthly, but you won't know until you actually pick up the phone and make the call to the seller to see what you can do. You're always looking at your exit strategy, so you know what it'll rent for. You've got to get them under what they'll, the going rent will be, and then maybe they'll give you a long period of terms. You know, we don't know until you, you pick up the phone and call. So even if they ask, asking in the ARV, is the same there still may be profit there there still may be a deal they may give you a long period of term in which you can raise the price and get uh you know if we can get them for a low down payment and you can raise the price to your tenant buyer and get a large deposit from your tenant buyer and still make profit so you got to okay. pick up the phone and give them a call and do your best on trying to get the best terms you can negotiated from them okay so in these particular phone calls probably the best thing to do is Got your lead sheet, make your phone call, see what the customer is saying, potential client is saying, and then give, you know, you know, call back on, let's say, a Monday if we run into any problems or hiccups that, that we might not understand. Well, you, so you're talking new and you're concerned that if you get them on the call that you might not have all the answers and you may not exactly know what to do. Is that what you're asking? Uh, if there is a hiccup. You know, you know, if most of the time if we're following the script or something like that or, you know, in some cases you might not think you have a deal, but, you know, there might be a deal waiting for somebody who, you know, is a little bit more professional or has done these a few more times than we have. Okay. Well, in that case, you always want to get a mentor to help you if you have questions about being able to close it. Mentors mm -hmm. always available and is there to help you if you don't know what right. to do. But, um, Dean, you can always say, you know, I'm not sure. Let me talk to my associate and let me get back to you. If you get nervous or you get afraid, but you want to close it, there's the four elements that you want to try to always get answered on the phone, which is how much, what, is that the best they can do, how long, how much monthly, and the down payment. Now, you don't ever ask it that way. You use your script to determine the, how you ask it, but those are the questions that you need to get answered. And, of course, you want to get in front of them as quick as possible if you think that they are inclined to get a deal. So, um, you know, most students, well, not most, but a lot of students get afraid to make the call because they're afraid they don't have all the answers or know what to do, but just make the call. It's not as bad as you think it will be. Try to get all the questions answered, and you're out as always. Well, let me talk to my associate, and I'll give you a call back while you're thinking about what you're going to do next. But just I'm going to encourage you to get out there, make the call, 
get all the information and make it happen. There's resources to help you. So if you need to talk to a mentor, you can get a mentor. There's, mm-hmm. um, there's, you know, you've got the Ask Ron, the Planet Ron, the weekly questions. So there's resources there to help you, but make it happen. Make that call, Dean. Okay, I will definitely will, and I'm not, you know, I'm I'm used to making them, but you know, just checking to see, you know, what the procedure is when we call in here. So thank you so much. That does give me a lot of information, and uh, you have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye bye. Okay, who's next up on the queue? I apologize that it's not happening faster, but... Okay, who's next? Who's up? Troy, are you on the line? Troy, are you there? Who's in the queue right now? Hello? Hello. Hello, this is Troy. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, Troy. I was waiting on you to pick up. How are you? Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's. It, I'm doing well. I don't know. It's weird. It was. Um, there was a delay. Um, anyways. Um, yeah, I came onto the call late. Apologize for that. I was actually on the phone with this this lead. It's um, and I wanted to see if I could get the question answered. Um, it's a house. They're they're asking price about eight hundred fifty nine thousand, and it's owned free and clear. And the best I can tell by doing the leads here on the fly or the comps on the fly, they're asking about a hundred thousand more than what the the house is is worth. Uh, they're very proud of the property. Um, lots of additional amenities, the pool and the solar water heater and and the outdoor greenhouse and the fact that it's a two-acre lot um, in a one-acre zoned area. And um, I just don't see the comps that are going to support that price. They're very open to uh, terms, um, owner finance, lease purchase, and I told them that I needed to run some numbers and see what I can come up with for as far as proposal. And since this call was this evening, I thought I would ask uh, your opinion. I was thinking of uh, pitching them something as long as possible, uh, you know, 10, 20 years, something like that, to see if I could get anywhere close because I know that they want 800000 out of this house um, as far as their bottom dollar. So I'll leave it. I'll stop there and, and go from there. Okay. So... They're asking eight fifty nine, but you think it's only worth seven fifty nine, but you think the minimum will take is eight hundred. 
Is that what I heard you say? Right. And I would say that I would say that 759 is is still a stretch based on what the comps that I'm seeing. Um, you know, the highest thing that's been sold in that area is around 720,000 uh, for a similar type of house. Have you talked to them? You have talked to them, correct? Oh yeah, talked to them about an hour right before I get on the call here. Okay. So did they did they tell you that they had a lot of upgrades and that's what's driving the price up because they have all these upgrades? Right. Yeah, they have a they have a long laundry list. I mean, they've they I think they overvalue the land itself um, and the fact that it's a two acre lot. Uh, where it, it is divisible um, to one acre, which a lot of the, the neighbors have done. They also have two other listings on the street next to them. That are, one's a 1.2 million, the other one's 925,000. And so they, you know, in their mind, they feel like their house should be listed at, you know, the 850,000. And but you know when you look at the comps, it doesn't necessarily support that that price. At least I don't believe so. And then they go on to talk about their you know their solar water heater, their greenhouse, the in in ground irrigation that they have for the whole lot, both two acres, and on and on you know with their with their amenities, uh, a tandem garage, that type of thing. And so in their mind, it's it's they feel like it's worth the uh, you know the eight eight hundred eight hundred fifty thousand. So, so I, did you, you ask know, them where they came up with that value? Did they get an appraisal? Did they have a realtor market analysis? Did they? How did they come up with that value? Uh, the, yes, I did ask them. The listings on the street were there. I guess an influence on them as far as how much they felt like they should list their house for. They've had they're running open houses uh, on a regular basis, so they've got. Um, realtors by the dozen showing up at the house saying that they can get $900,000 out of the house and providing them with various house um, examples of uh, that they feel like, you know, that they that they are going to get this amount for their listing, so, you know, nearby, which who knows where that's at. And, um, and then, you know, he's, he just feels very strongly about, you know, the, the value of his about his property there as far as the condition that it's in, which he says is superb and there's no there's no repairs at all needed. Actually he offered to pay me a thousand dollars for every uh repair that I could find needed on the house if I wanted to come out and look at it. So Okay. And so what kind of terms is he open to do? He's open to owner financing or lease purchase. Did you ask him for how long and uh, since it's free and clear, is he going to give you? He said, make a, he said make a proposal. He's open to anything and would be open to no money down if I wanted to do that. Okay. Okay. And All I right. did talk so, to him about. I did. I did talk to him about um, the idea of. You know, as we talk, I mean, if he wants to have some ridiculous monthly amount, but you know, he just said, I, you know, it's free and clear. I don't. We could just come to a number, um, and he understands that I would want to cash flow the property. Uh, and I did talk to him about, you know, possibility of, of just assigning, you know, my my contract over to him if he wanted to do, you know, lease purchase. Uh, that was a possibility, and just split the the deposit. Um, 
you know, as a, as an alternative to me staying in the deal. That it's, you know, if I can get him to agree to, to a very low monthly amount, then I'll probably just stay in it. Okay. Well, if you can get him to agree to a very low monthly amount with no down payment, and you can get him to come out to a reasonable price, which if you think that the comps are seven fifty nine, make it an offer at seven fifty nine. And so you're saying that, how do you know he won't accept it? Have you asked? Yeah, I asked him what his bottom dollar was and asked him if that was the best he can do. And, and he said, yes, 800000 was what he wants out of the house. Now, you know, what he wants and what he's going to get, probably two different things. Um, and he's not a big hurry. He already has another house that they bought with cash and they're, and they're ready to move. The only reason they're really staying in this house is because this is where they're their greenhouse is set up. Um, they've got a fairly sizable greenhouse set up in that second lot that's next to them. So if he found out they, that his house would appraise for less than that, would he take less? Um, you know, that's a good question. And that was going to be my next step. I mean, I had made a note that, you know, I, I would probably get this appraised before we do anything else or maybe put it under contract, you know, contingent on appraisal. Yeah. Um, with, at that at that price, but yeah. you know, because it just it just seems like to me that you know if he's not he's got all, you know, all these realtors in the world telling him they you know they can give him nine hundred thousand and he doesn't actually know what the actual price is that a bank would do traditional financing on. I mean, he's, exactly. You know, he's, That's exactly yeah. what you should do because if he'll give you long terms, then you know you can raise the price. If you you got to get it for a good value, but if he finds out that it's not worth that and he'll give you a long term, then if he's willing to reduce that price to find out it's not appraised for that, then that's worth it. And then you'll have a long period of time that you can put somebody in with a substantial down payment and raise the price accordingly. Yeah. Okay. So that's what you should do. Okay. Well, that's where I was going with it, but uh, since I had this call, I thought I'd ask. All right. Well, thank you uh, for the You're input. You're welcome. As long as you think he's reasonable, that's exactly what I would do. All right. Well, Good luck with that. Thank you. You're welcome. How do I get out of this call? Star six again? I, I'm going to get, I think I'm going to get you out. <laughs> I'm hitting the next caller, so it should bring you out. Okay, who's up next? Okay, who's up next? <sighs> I apologize. I'm trying to get the next caller. 
Okay. Who's up next in the queue? Is there someone on now? Who's next? Okay. All right, great. Is someone up next? Hello? Hello? Okay, who's next? Hey, this is Dean again. Hi, Dean. Hi, I had a question about um, when looking up your um, comps on Real Estate ABC, I just had a, you know, like what's the best way to get those, like, comps? Like, you know, I try to get the same bedrooms, the same bath. I try to get about the same square footage in the home. Um, you know, if I can get the same, like, age group, you know, I want to stay in there. Any other suggestions on how to pull the best comps? I think I heard Ron say he he gets, you know, you know the, the top price, you know, for his comps when he's doing them. Um, any suggestions that you have? Yeah, that's exactly right. You want to make sure that it is within six months. Mm -hmm. of the, the sold has been within six months, the closest possible. Kind of want to verify that you're in a neighborhood that's comparable to your house, that your comps are in a neighborhood comparable to your house, that it's not on the water or on a golf course or something drastically different than the actual house itself. And then you kind of want to look at the condition. You can probably go on Zillow and look at the house itself to see the inside condition maybe of some of your comps. And so your comp is one that is in the same general area as close as possible, depending on whether you're in a rural area or uh, if, if, you know, you want to make sure that it's within a reasonable distance. Within six months, number of bedrooms and baths are the same, the square footage is the same, and sometimes if you're having trouble finding ones that the same number of beds and baths, then you can use the price per square footage. Yeah, on one of them I had a problem with, you know, pulling that number, so I kind of got the, the best, you know, square footage, and then I just used that. And... Um, you know, dollar amount, I think it was 200 and something, and I, you know, multiplied that by the total square footage on the subject property. Okay, that works as long as there's not a huge variation in the square footage, because the larger the square footage, then there it's not going to be the same price per square foot factor there. So you can't compare a thousand to a two thousand and use the price per square foot right. to comp it. So yeah, you're in good shape there. Okay. All right, that sounds good. Okay. Okay, thank you, ma'am. You're welcome.
Okay, who's up next? Okay, Ben, are you there? Yeah, um, I've been trying to get some scripts. Is the only way to get scripts um, from the cash flow, or is there another way? So you have not been to QuickStart, is that right? No, the QuickStart out here is not until – it's in Seattle. It's not even in California. It's not until May. Okay. Have you signed up for QuickStart? No, I signed up for the cash flow. Cash flow system? Yeah. When the quick start okay. is still a couple of months. I, I want to get a couple of deals done before <laughs> before it ends. So whoever signed you up for the cash flow system, you should get back with them. Um, then I'm pretty sure that the scripts are in the cash flow system. Have you already gotten it yet? No. He... Um, I I paid for it last week and he's emailed it to Isaiah. I don't know if you know who Isaiah is. I do. So contact yeah. Isaiah and who signed you up and they should be in that system. So contact him and ask him yeah, how you can get a hold of them. Yeah, because he said you guys don't have anything digital. I have to wait until the to the to the um, package comes and it's supposed to be okay. UPS, so I guess any day now. But there's no yeah. other way because I looked all through the the Gold Club and and all the scripts are set up for afterwards, like after VA calls, after my sit. But it's nothing that you know right off. So I was just so wondering because I I looked. You are, you are a Gold Club member, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, well, if you go on your gold club, I believe it's less than 265, 266, and 267, or it could be 264, 265, and 266. Don't ask me why I remember those numbers. But um, And those lessons are great, great video training on how to make the calls to the seller and using the new property information sheet. And the, those are great lessons to review in the meantime until you get the paper copies of the scripts. 264, 265, and 260. Is that what? Is that Ask Ron or is that just the regular weekly lesson? Those are Gold Club video trainings. Gold Club video training. Okay. Thank you. You're quite welcome, and then that will give you a lot of information, and then by then you should have your package probably tomorrow or the next day. If you don't, then check back with I hope day. so. I sure will. Oh. Thank you. You have a good night. You're welcome. You too. Okay. Who's up next in the queue? So I'm just going to remind you, if you want to get on the call, you press star six to be entered into the queue. So who's next? Got more callers on the line. So does anybody have a question that they want answered? 
If you do, press star six to get in the queue. Is there anyone else in the queue? Going to give it a few more minutes or a few more seconds here and see if anybody else wants to join in the queue to get their questions answered. So a few more minutes here. <laughs> Does anybody else have any other questions for us tonight? Anybody else in the queue? Just push star six to get in the queue. Last call. Anybody else have any questions for us tonight? I don't see anybody else coming up in the queue. Okay, last call. Anyway, thank you everyone for being on the call tonight. And I guess that is the end of the session for this evening. Thank you for being on the call.